Hello and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back for something a bit different. Um, so it is the end of the year, the end of the calendar year of 2021. So we are doing something a bit similar to what we saw on Monday Night Football on Sky Sports. We are doing our half-season awards in each of our respective leagues. So I'm here with our usual guests. I'm here with Alex, Ryan and Jonathan. How are you, boys? Good. Very good, very good. And how was your Christmases, all of you? Not bad, thank you. Excellent. We were just talking about the, the lovely Marseille shirt I got. Uh, see ya. Had a very nice Christmas. Yeah, we 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 will put that on the Twitter page as well, just so you know, you know which oh, print shirt he's referring to. <laughs> <laughs> My God, okay. And for you, Jonathan, how was Christmas in America? Is that because obviously I don't have any relatives that live in America, so I wanted to see whether it's is it is it the same as us? How does a Christmas day in America normally pan out? I think so. I slept in a little later than than my family probably wanted. I woke up at around 11 o'clock, but uh, we still opened presents around then and had the tree and everything. It was a good time. And I'll, I'll get from all of you, actually. Spontaneous thought. Give me your the best present you received on Christmas Day. So I'll go first. Um, this present probably um, isn't good for maybe two months of it, but I got from my brother's girlfriend a Liverpool season review DVD. So um, from last season, so I I, I got about um, January before I think tea was ready or something. So I I managed to obviously when I come back I'll probably skip some of the games we lost in, but also have to endure some of them. But I'll probably skip the Everton games to be honest. I already have skipped the the one where Pickford injured Van Dijk, but um, yeah that was a good present. Apart from that, just barely got clothes and stuff like that really. Um, Ryan, what was your best present this Christmas? Well, that's normally a present you give to a Tottenham fan, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> best best present I got, probably a lion. As in, like, the, the chocolate bar? Or was it, like, the... No, the not a chocolate bar. No. <laughs> I was going to say, like... Being able to sleep. No, being able to... I've always to... had a lion. Oh, I thought, like, I thought you meant lion as in like a lion bar. I thought you I were don't... referring to. Oh, I thought you meant lion as in like at the zoo. I don't fucking live in South Africa, Alex. <laughs> Jeez. I'm a bit confused. Fuck me. Well, so you, um, to, Jonathan, you may not be aware of um, uh, every area in England, but Ryan lives in a place called Norfolk, which is like, is there a place in America where like, you don't pass through it. You you just end up there and you never leave. That's what like Norfolk is. <laughs> and uh, the point I'm making I don't there know is what you're talking everyone, about. Every, everyone there speaks quite funny. It might be Texas. Everyone there speaks quite funny. And uh, Ryan there say it, it's a bit difficult to translate between a lion or a lion. I think I didn't think you'd be that fucking stupid that odd. Someone would have bought me a lion for Christmas. Of course, we got a toy lion. It might be your favourite animal. Jesus Christ. I thought you meant the chocolate bar. I thought you meant someone got you like yeah, exactly. a We're lion confused. bar. Oh, that's a good present. I do like a lion bar. So uh, that, that's what I thought. But um, maybe if, that was my, if, that, if that was the best present I'd received, I'd have laid on the road by now and I wouldn't be here. <laughs> so Ryan is our Christmas Scrooge, as anyone hasn't told it. He's um, <laughs> not exactly pro Christmas, I don't think, Ryan. But um, no, I just I, I don't hate it. I'm just I just think it's a bit overrated. That's all. Yeah, fair enough. It's your opinion. Um, talking of opinions, we are going to give each of us our awards. So our awards in question are player of the season so far, young player of the season so far, 
Who were the underachievers? Who is the team of the season, as in collective rather than the starting eleven, and which are the best and worst signings of the season as well? So um, this week we will start with the Premier League. Um, so in terms of the Premier League, I will quickly give you a quick roundup of the Premier League results over the last few days. So um, in terms of the Premier League results we've had in the last seven days, so Boxing Day was obviously the main one. We all love Christmas time. We have started off with a treat. Obviously, Liverpool Leeds was postponed, but Man City beat Leicester 6 3. Uh, two goals from Sterling, as well as Ilkay Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, Riyad Mahrez, and Laporte. They were followed up before goals from Madison, Ian Acho, and Adela Lookman made things interesting at 4 3, but then City did run away with things in the end. Arsenal stayed in the top four with their 5 0 win away to Norwich, with two goals from um, Kaya Saka, a goal from Lacazette, Kieran Tierney, and substitute Emile Smith Rowe. Uh, Spurs beat Palace with Kane scoring once again, as well as Young Min Son and Lucas Moura. Uh, Southampton won a thriller against West Ham, beating them 3-2 in the London Stadium, with James Ward-Prowse, Bednarek and Ellen Usi getting a goal for Southampton, and Mikel Antonio and Ben Rama getting a goal for West Ham. Uh, Chelsea beat Villa 3-1, with them two goals from Jorginho and a goal from Romelu Lukaku came off the bench to score and also sets up the penalty from Jorginho. And then Brighton won the late kickoff on Boxing Day. They won 2-0, thanks to goal from Neil Morpai and a wonderful finish from Trossard. And then on Monday, the 27th, Newcastle Man U played out a 1-1 draw with goals from St. Maximin and Edison Cavani. And then coming up to the games that happened yesterday. So there's four games yesterday, and there's also two games tonight, which are Chelsea against Brighton and Brentford against Man City. But yesterday, Palace beat Norwich 3-0 with goals from Jeffrey Schlepp, Mateta and Edouard. Southampton and Spurs drew 1-1 with goals from Kane and Ward-Prowse. West Ham beat Watford 4-0, 4-1 with goals from Mark Noble, Ben Rama, Thomas Suchek and Vlasic, as well as a goal from Emmanuel Dennis. And then Leicester beat Liverpool in a shock result, 1-0, thanks to a goal from Adela Lukman and a missed penalty from Mohamed Salah. Now, talking of Salah, he is my first award winner. He is my current player of the season. I think with 15 goals and nine assists in the Premier League, in, um, I think he's been excellent. And I think that there are not many other players that have really come anywhere close to um, him, with the exception of maybe Bernardo Silva or Jao Cancelo. But for me, Salah is the clear winner. He's been the best player. He scored some wonderful goals, notably against Man City and Watford. Um, I don't think, sadly, he'll end the season with a Premier League title, but I do think he'll end the season with at least a PFA Player of the Year award. Uh, young Player of the Year, I've gone for an Arsenal player, Emile Smith-Rowe. I think he's been a revelation this season. I think he, last season, he showed signs, he showed promise, he had a few moments here and there, but they were in patches, whereas this season he's been consistent. He's regularly getting contribution, either goals or assists. He showed he can play out wide and in the middle, so he's been excellent for me. And so far, um, yeah, he's just he's just been brilliant. And I think he is a future England regular, and I'm sure Ryan and I will definitely vouch for this, how good he's been this year. Uh, he's just been brilliant. Um, in terms of, for my opinion, that the team of the season so far, I've gone for Man City. Um Maybe in end of September, October, I would have said Brighton, but they saw fallen off. Same as West Ham, who was still, you know, sixth place, still a good start. But I think Man City have been excellent. Obviously, they've only lost two games this year, only drawn two. There'll be nine points with a game played more if they win their game today. Uh, they've been excellent. They've been obviously they they've they've got the best depth. So it's it's sort of like it is sort of what you expect, but at the same time. 
they have been excellent to watch. I mean, Cancelo's been amazing. Bernardo Silva's been really good. They've done all this without a real out-and-out striker. Jesus has done all right in parts, but he, he hasn't exactly been you know, a striker, a normal title-winning team would have, but he's done all right. Um, Raheem Sterling's done done well here and there. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, same thing when he has played. Uh, Rodri's been excellent in, cent- 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 in holding mid. It's just been a brilliant, brilliant season for Man City, and I think that they're playing the best football They've been the best team by mile, and I can't see anyone but them lifting that Premier League trophy come come May. Um, now, signing of the season is to get an Arsenal player. I've gone for Aaron Ramsdale. I mean, you could look at players like um, Hwang Hee Chan. You could look at even Tommy Asu for Arsenal. But I think, for me, Aaron Ramsdale has been one of the best signings, one of the best keepers in the league this season, let alone best signings. Uh, he looks composed. His distribution is amazing. He's made some wonderful saves, most notably in the win against Spurs, where Arsenal won 3-1 in a dominant performance. Uh, they were 3-0 three, three up, uh, then Spurs scored, and then they, they had a chance to make it 3-2. I can't remember whether it was Mora or Son that had the shot, but it was a brilliant, brilliant stop by Aaron Ramsdale. And I, I feel he, for someone who's had two back-to-back relegations, he looks far from a keeper that's been involved in that. He looked... Looks like he's he's fitted in straight away. Really, he's not really done done anything wrong so far in Arsenal shit. So fair play to Aaron Ramsdale. He is my signing of the season, and then finally my worst signing. Now honourable mentions. I could have mentioned Joe Willock, Saul, uh, Brian Gill for Spurs, but I'm going for Jack Grealish. Uh, I think I just mentioned Man City being brilliant this season, but I think Grealish has been. He's not been awful, but he's not been what you thought you were getting when you paid 100 million for him in the summer. Uh, I still feel they should have gone for Kane rather than Grealish, but obviously he's working so far for them anyway. But in terms of Grealish, he's only got three goals and three assists in all competitions, two goals, two assists in the Premier League. He just doesn't look... When you watch him at Aston Villa, he was the star man, the star of the show, which obviously going from that to City, you don't expect the same thing because he's one of many amazing tackers they've got. But he just doesn't look the same kind of player. And I think that he's still young, so I'm probably going to be proved wrong because he is probably going to turn around at some point. But right now, after the first what, four or five months of the season, I think Jack Grealish, for the £100 million fee they spent on him, he's not been the player they thought they're getting so far. And then finally, underachievers, I've gone for Man U, which I, I'm loving saying. Uh, I think with the team they've got, they should be way higher than they are. They're currently in sixth or seventh place in the league. They're way behind expectations. Everyone thought they were, you know, after the first month, they were a title contender, but that seems to have gone away. Um, there's consistent, consistent negative things about Ronaldo. We talk of him today going to Barcelona. Neville and Carragher were criticising him and Bruno Fernandes after the Newcastle draw. And the amount of the team they've got should be doing better. You look at, they've got... So many good attackers. You look at Rashford, Martial, Ronaldo, Greenwood, Cavani, Sancho, even Lingard, and they can't seem to get it right. And yeah, so Manu are my underachievers. And yeah, that is the conclusion of my Premier League half season review. Um, so our next league we will focus on is in France. So we will now head towards Alex. So, Alex, um, give me your league and review so far. Okay, okay. Well, fortunately, I don't have to cover any recent fixtures because um, there's been, well, there was some last Wednesday. And uh, I mean, there just wasn't really anything that exciting. And PSG almost lost to Lorient, but they they got their, they got back uh, into a 1-1 draw. But I thought 
it'd be better to head straight into the awards, like you've said. And there's uh, some quite good awards in here. Uh, I'd like, I mean, straight away we'll go with uh, player of the season so far. Um, at first, I was really struggling with this because no one's actually been outstanding. Dimitri Payet's potentially won, but not that good. But I think Mbappe has to get it. He's got nine goals and eight assists in 17 games. I think he's really turned it on recently. His goal against Monaco, who as a team we'll talk about in a bit, was superb. Uh, it's like typical Mbappe where he, he gets manages to pace him behind and cut inside to just sort of bend his shot with power into the far corner. What I've learned with Mbappe is that he can make any defender in the world looks like Mertesacker almost. He's so quick. And I was having a conversation recently about using the word pace to describe a footballer because it can feel so easy to say someone's very quick or someone's very slow. And it's almost like the easiest praise you could give a player and feel lazy. But with Mbappe, it just can't be ignored. His speed is so dangerous. Not only his top speed, but just how quickly he gets there. They can just leave anyone in the dust. And it just means every team has to drop five or six yards back to make sure they can keep him under control. He'll probably be the reason Poch wins this league, even though they spent the first half of the season uh, pretty much underachieving. But they won't be the underachievers of the season. Because I tell you what, we've mentioned them. We'll go straight into that. I want to talk about the underachievers of the season. Will be AS Monaco. Now, guys, can you remember to get you involved? Can you remember what I said about Monaco pre-season? Um, were they your surprise team? I think they were, yeah. I was very high on them because they'd won- They'd only lost about three games in 2021 up until August. They finished third in the end. They were completely brilliant. They pulverised most teams. But this season, it has been absolutely awful. There's just no other word for it. Like... I spoke about recently how they lost to PSG 2-0, which is forgivable. But they're currently they're currently sixth, which doesn't sound too bad. But they are only whew, six points away from 14th place, uh, 14th place REM. And there's just kind of been like everyone expected them really to push PSG almost to first place. But there's even been recent rumours that Niko Kovac, the manager, is, is, his job's under uh, threat because he's become more distant from the squad. So I've been really disappointed with Monaco, and especially their, their signing, who to jump straight into underachieving signing, Myron Boadu, the former RZ Alkmaar striker. Jonathan, you seem like a, a someone who's like into a lot of European football. Were you hopeful of Myron Boadu when he moved away from Alkmaar into into France? I was a little hopeful, yeah, but um, to be honest, I just can't watch French football at the moment. All that stuff going on. I've actually got a friend who lives in Paris, and and um, in a way, I'm almost sort of just not even paying paying attention just because all that stuff that's been going on in the stands and all. So I have absolutely no clue how that's going. Well, let me tell you, and that's a good point, Ligue 1 could be underachievers with their, their crowd control, yeah. but Myron Boadu has at times not even looked like a footballer. His confidence is gone. He's got one goal in the all season. I think the best way I could describe him is, so recently, uh, Monaco were playing, I want to get it up, make sure I get the team right. Monaco were playing Rennes, and they won 2-1 at home. 
And Boadu came on with 10 minutes left. A, a, a ball's come in from wide. It was a beautiful cross. I think it was from Alexander Golovin. Gone sort of to the back post area. Boadu's completely free. But he's evaded his marker well. He's got a, a fairly slow-moving cross coming towards him. All he needs to do is plant his forehead on it somewhere at goal. And he's got a, quite a big chance of it going past the goalkeeper because he's got the whole target to aim at. Not only did he somehow miss, but he's managed to clear this ball up a pitch for Wren to then counter-attack Monaco. Everything he's... You hear the phrase, everything someone touches turns to gold. Everything Myron Boadu touches turns to rubbish. I think he's 22 now, and it, it's looking like he should never have left the Eredivisie because he looks truly out of his depth. Um, but we will, we'll, we'll touch on the more lighter side. If we're talking sign of the season, a quick shout out to Loan Perez of Marseille. Um, see, we were hot on Marseille in the first few weeks of this podcast of the new season, but Marseille have kind of been a, a bit, a bit more safe and boring in recent weeks. But that's because defensively they've been strong. Loan Perez, he's their left centre back, a Brazilian who's in his first campaign in the top five league. He started this year with his house getting robbed which is quite a common occurrence of French footballers. And he looked quite out of his depth. But I think he's really come leaps and bounds uh, in a left centre-back role where at Marseille you're meant to play almost like a left wing-back at times as well. So I've been impressed with Laurent Perez and I've also been impressed with uh, Lance, uh probably the team of the season, I'd say. So they're not uh, PSG, they're not winning the league. They were second for most of the season, but I think now that they've dropped down to ninth. But still... I think oh, they've been uh, deploying a three at the back system. Uh, they've had like, players like Seco Fofana, Gal Kakuta, former Chelsea lawsuit. <laughs> and they've actually been really fun, to, uh, really fun to watch. So credit to Lons. And the last category we've got, last category is um, young player of the season, which would probably be Amingiri of uh, Nice. Or if you're British, it would be Amingiri. Uh, he's got eight goals and four assists in 19 games. He's probably been Nice's best attacking player. He's really famous in France. So if any anyone listed, who want to impress a friend when Giri eventually moves to uh, the 21-year-old, eventually moves to the Premier League, and they ask, so what do you know about him? You can tell them that in France, they almost fantasise over his first touch. It's like probably the best first touch in France. The way he can bring down any ball into his stride. His technique's off the charts and he's, he's showing his skill uh, this season. But yeah, I think I've covered all bases. You have. Thank you very much, Alex. Um, right, our next league we're going to, our next league is in Italy. So, Ryan, go ahead. What's been happening in Italy and what is your um, half-season awards? Well, Serie A and Italy are currently in their winter break, as are many other leagues throughout Europe. And they return on the 6th of January, but doesn't mean I don't have news to share with January approaching. Uh, we all know what's coming, transfer news, and there could be some major moves in Italy this window. Uh, this week we've seen that it's all but confirmed that Napoli forward Lorenzo and Signy will move stateside at the MLS outfit uh, Tor- Toronto, I believe. Yeah, yeah they, that's right. Yeah. Although they are obviously in Canada, but still an MLS side. Obviously, a very surprising move considering his talent and the fact that he's only 30. But, yeah, bit of an odd one, that. And he might not be alone, actually, because the Torino forward, Andrea Bellotti, could also be heading to the same club as he's been strongly linked throughout the week as well, which I'd I'd be very, very annoyed and frustrated to see that one happen because although Insigne is probably 
past his best and he hadn't had the greatest season for Napoli, he's still a, a top, top player. He, he's, a, he's, he's a pretty much a starter for the, the Italian national team, as is Belotti as well. Maybe he's probably a bench player to Immobile. But Belotti's only 28. So to see him go to the MLS at that age would be a, would be a stinker, really. So I hope that doesn't sort of come to fruition. But obviously... The window is going to revolve around one man, one man only, and that's Dusan Vlahovic, who is being linked to every man and his dog at the minute. Uh, a host of Premier League clubs being linked, as well as clubs in Spain, Germany, France. Uh, the Serbian is actually at the top of Juventus's wish list, but it's unlikely he'll head there, in my opinion, as Juve are skint and Fiorentina hate him. Uh, I mean, it hasn't stopped the likes of Baggio, Bernadeschi, and Chiesa moving between the clubs over the years. But Fiorentina are in a much better financial position at the moment. They've got no need to sell to a division rival, especially a rival club that they don't like. So I don't think we'll see him head there. Personally, I think he'll end up in the Premier League. And depending on how the season finishes, we might see him at Man City. Obviously, they're on the lookout for a striker if they don't get one of the big, big stars. Maybe even Arsenal or Spurs. If one of them makes the top four, I don't think it's a it's an outsider for him to go to one of those two teams because you look at all the other big clubs around Europe and not many of them actually need a striker, really, and unless we see some movement with Mbappe or Haaland in January, which I don't think we will. But... Yeah, I, I, I see him in, ending up in the Premier League personally, and I think that'd be a great move for him, uh, unless he goes to Tottenham. But yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Ryan. I think that you mentioned about Man City. I think you know, even even if they go for Kane and they get Kane in the summer, obviously Spurs will be looking for a striker. I think that'll be the way they'd go into the getting. Though there's no way they'd buy him if they've already got Kane. But if Kane leaves, unless they go down the route of playing someone like more up front, like they have done occasionally, maybe they would go for someone like Vlahovic, Um Perhaps. But potentially, yeah. I, I mean, it, it could be a, a straight fight between Arsenal and Tottenham for him because if Kane does leave, obviously they both desperately need a striker because Albami Yang's time looks looks over. Lacazette looks like he wants to move on. I don't think Enketi is the answer. So we're going to need a striker and he is apparently at the top of our wish list as well as whether we can convince him. I don't think the money will be an issue. I think we can definitely afford him, but it's whether he'll he'll want to come. And I don't I don't see why he wouldn't want to join Arsenal. He, surely any striker would would currently look at our team, look at our attack, and would love to play in front of the likes of Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Saka, Erdegaard, even Shaka and Partey, who you know aren't bad players themselves. I think that would be striker's dream. If someone else goes in for Vlahovic over Arsenal, who's like more solidified in the Champions League, then it's probably he's probably going to go to them. More than likely, yeah, but I don't know who that might be. Unless it's I think City, maybe Tottenham. Um, Actually, no, Tottenham's a tough one. I mean, Conte's got a good pull, but I think I I don't know. There's rumours about Dortmund. I think City, Bayern. If any of those teams came in. I don't think Bayern, I don't think will, because obviously they've got Lewandowski. Dortmund's are going to get Adiemi, so I can't see them going in for him unless he plays maybe on a 
on on the wing. They do um, play two up front. Yeah, if, if I mean again, it depends obviously what happens with Haaland. Um, if I don't think PSG can be ruled out if 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 well, I don't think it's yeah. an if when Mbappe leaves. That, that's a good point actually because Vlahovic. PSG, the one thing they lack is a front. I mean, I did a thread recently of Vlahovic, and that was the team I pitched him for because PSG needs someone to li- who can link their talent together. I actually think mm. that that's why they play a cardi at times because as useless as he is. The fact he doesn't move means he can link play together. So if they could bring, I reckon Vlahovic is might maybe on the shortlist. But I'm with you in terms of, I, I, I don't think I, I think Arsenal were in the mix. I think yeah, we're we're definitely outsiders. I'm not I'm not as deluded as some of our other fan base and thinking that we've, you know, we're at we're at the top of the list again by any stretch because as you say, he is. He's. I mean, at the moment, he's... He's next the, best after Haaland. Yeah, he's just... Well, he, at the moment, he's the second highest goal scorer in the top five leagues in Europe, um, only behind Lewandowski. A stat that I only realised today when I'd done a bit of research, and I couldn't quite believe that. He's got 16 goals in 19 appearances. So, it, I believe Fiorentina are looking for around 80 million euros, which is probably the going rate for someone of, of his talent. Obviously, his contract situation has made him a little bit cheaper, but... Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he'll he'll make the move to Germany. Bayern hardly like to spend more than 50 million euros for a transfer. And Dortmund, especially if they get Adeyemi and sell Holland, it looks like with his contract, they might not even sell him for more than 100 million euros. So mm. I, I really doubt he'll go to Germany. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like I say, we, we don't know where where he might end up. But as long as he doesn't go to Juventus, I'll be happy because... It would that would be a similar situation in, in seeing Haaland go from Dortmund to Bayern. I'd absolutely hate to see it because it makes it makes a mockery of the league to see it happen again. Because Fiorentina they hate Juventus. To to see another one of their star players go there would be be a shocker. But as I mentioned earlier, Juve got no money anyway. Um, but I mean, moving on to the state of play at the moment in terms of the league table. Inter obviously currently lead the way with a big seven-point gap to the rivals AC. Napoli and Atalanta, they occupy the third and fourth places with Juve slightly creeping up now. They're back into fifth place, but they're still four points adrift of the top four. So they're definitely back in the mix for a Champions League spot maybe, but they're not going to win the title this year. Down at the bottom, Solanatana, they're pretty much gone already. I mentioned on the last podcast that they needed to find an owner, a, a new owner. I don't believe they have done that. So they're pretty much going to be in Serie B next season, if not worse. Genoa and Cagliari are heading that way too. They've had very poor seasons and they don't look like they're going to recover anytime soon. But on to the awards. And first one I'm going to go for is my player of the season. I nearly put him in the young player of the season because he's only 21, but... I just could not put him as a player of the season. You know, it's, it's got to be Dusan Vlahovic, as I say. He's a top goal scorer, 16 goals, 19 appearances, added two assists into that as well. You know, he's averaging nearly a goal a game, which for his age is just unreal. And he's not exactly playing in a star set of team either. He's, you know, it, the team is filled with a lot of players who are playing better than what they are, if that makes sense. A bit like how Leicester were a few years ago. A lot of these players are overachieving, in my opinion. 
But yeah, he's been phenomenal for me, one of the best players in Europe at, at the moment. And there's no way I could have picked anybody else. In terms of the young player of the season, there were a few candidates for this, but I've actually gone for Thomas or Tom, Tomasa Pobega, I believe is how you pronounce that one. Um, he had a great season last year with Spezia, centre midfielder currently on loan from AC Milan. And this season, they loaned him out to a bit of a higher standard in Torino. And he's played very well this season. He's got four goals and two assists in 16 appearances so far this season. And for a midfielder, that, that, that ain't bad going. And he's not an attacking midfielder either. He's more sort of defensive-minded in a sense. But, you know, this this was a hard category because there's only really two players that stood out for me in this one. The other one being um, Aaron Hickey of Bologna, 19-year-old Scottish left-back, who's had a remarkable season, quite frankly. Obviously, at that age, making the move from Scotland to Italy is, you know, we've seen it happen with players before, you know, maybe going to Portugal or to Germany and, you know, it being a complete disaster. But he's really, really been good at Bologna. Every time I've watched him, he gets the ball forward. He scored four goals this season so far, which for a left-back is pretty good going. And already being linked with Man City and a lot of other big clubs, I don't think it'll be too long before we see him make that move. But yeah, Poberga gets the young player of the season so far. In terms of the team of the season, this was a hard one because there's for me, there's four teams that could have got this. Obviously, the, the notable one is in Milan, considering the summer that they had. They've been brilliant this season. But, you know, you can also look at uh, Empoli, currently in ninth. They're achieving much, much more than what they should be. Uh, Venezia, who came up from the second division, they're in 16th. They're doing very well. But I've actually gone Fiorentina just because of how bad they were last season. Almost got relegated. And they're currently in 7th. Not far off the top four either. I don't think they'll get the top four. But as long as they get a European spot, it'll be a great season for them. Obviously, Vlahovic has led the way. But we've seen some great performances from the the, the two centre-backs plus uh, Nikola Milinkovic at right-back. Giacomo Bonaventura, who's getting on a bit now, he's one of those players who has definitely upped his game and is probably overachieving at this point, but been brilliant this season. And for me, they are so far the team of the season, just which leads me on to the underachievers, which is pretty obvious in the fact that they are Juventus who have been shit. Apart from obviously the last few weeks where they've sort of picked up a little bit, start of the season, they were abysmal. No balance to the team. Didn't look like there was any sort of tactical awareness going on, which from a manager of Allegri standards was was very surprising to see. But it's just the fact that pretty much everyone I know tipped them to win the title this season because we he was coming back. The great form that we saw from uh, Chiesa in the Euros. And it looked like they sort of had all the pieces there together. But it's quite it's quite evident what they're lacking. And as a striker... You know, Alvaro Morata is not a great striker on his best day, but he's been abysmal this season. Moise Ken has done absolutely nothing either. Apart from them two, there is no one else, really. Dybala isn't a striker. He's done very well, but again, he's not an out-and-out striker. So they're not scoring anywhere near enough goals, and they'll be on the lookout in January if 
again, they need to sell players. They've got so many players what they need to get rid of, but no one wants them. So they're in a really awkward position at the moment. That actually leads me to my worst sign of the season. Again, a hard category to choose from because most of the signings this season have been really good for most of the Italian clubs. I actually went with Weston McKenney just because he was bought for around 20 to 22 million euros after a half-decent first year on loan from Schalke. But I don't know why they signed him because they didn't need him. They're already overloaded with centre midfielders. And although he's young and he's very, very talented, he hasn't really done a whole lot this season. I think he's only got two goals and he just doesn't really look at place in that Juve team. He's already, he's already been linked with moves away. And I just think it was an un- unnecessary move. And for me, it's the worst sign of the season. In terms of the best sign of the season, got to be Hakan Chalanoglu, obviously going from AC to Inter on that free transfer. Not many people made sense of it. I think it was obviously mainly due to the fact that Christian Eriksen was no longer going to be playing for Inter. So they went for him. He's never really stood out to me as a as an elite-level talent. I didn't really rate him that highly at AC Milan. He didn't do a whole lot. But he's been phenomenal this season for Inter Milan. He really looks at place in that team. Scored some cracking goals. You know, you've only got to look on YouTube to see some of the you know strikes he's put in this season. And he's, uh, I believe he's actually in first place for the average ratings this season, which is... You know, proves my point of how good he has been. You know, he was close to getting the player of the season, but yeah, I uh, just very, 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 very good. And in a Milan team that have also been very, very good. So looking forward to the second half of the season. Obviously, there's a lot to play for yet. Yeah, we could still see a title race, but at the moment, in a Milan head the way by a decent margin. Fantastic, sir. Thank you for that. Serie A review, Ryan. Um, right, so our penultimate league we are covering is in Germany. So, um, Jonathan, you obviously one of our newest members of the team. Um, so we haven't had too many reviews so far of Bundesliga. So it's interesting to find out who's been doing well, who's not been doing well in the Germany in German league. So we'll go for you for your Bundesliga review. Yes, yeah, so we're halfway through this Bundesliga campaign through 17 of the 34 match days. My player of the season so far is actually going to be Patrick Schick. The easy choice would, of course, be Robert Lewandowski, but that's a little too boring, so we're going to go with Schick. I don't know what's what's gone into him. I guess his turnaround started at the Euros this summer with the Czech Republic. Of course, he had that stunning goal from the halfway line, um, but he was you know, on AS Roma for a little while, was on Leipzig for a little while, and was seen as an extremely talented, tall um, center forward, but Never really reached his potential until he got to Leverkusen. He has a contract till 2025, I believe. So it looks like if he can stay here for the next couple of years and sort of find his form, he can really turn himself into one of the top center attacking options in Europe. I mean, he already has 16 goals through 17 games. Uh, his best game of the season was probably against Firth. He had four goals that game. Just a clinical, clinical finisher, great turns in the box. Um, you know, balls in from Jeremy Frimpong or or Verts has done some nice through balls to set him up nicely this season. He's he's really turned around his entire career. And I guess it's all because of this past summer in the Euros. He found something and it's clicked. My youngster of the season is actually going to be Jorginho Ruter from Hoffenheim. 
He's a very, very young attacking player, can play out on the wing, can play a little bit more forward in the center of the pitch as well. But he, he came over from Wren uh, recently. It was a steal. for I think it was for under a million euros. But he's been unbelievable. He's had some wonder goals, a few assists as well. But I'd, I'd never even heard of him before he joined Hoffenheim this past season. He's been excellent, added a fresh new face to this squad that's sort of been in play for a little while. Um, and he's been a great addition. They've been shooting up the table partly because of his play. My team of the seasons, I mean, I am a little biased here, but I think most would agree that SC Freiburg have been a, the surprise of the Bundesliga season so far. They have 10 straight wins to start the season. They currently sit third behind Bayern and Dortmund in the table. Actually, the day we're recording this, December 29th, it's their manager, Christian Strike's 10-year anniversary today from when he was appointed in 2011. So, I mean, compared with how we're seeing head coaches across Europe get fired left and right all the time, to be there for 10 years at a pretty stable top five club in Europe is, is an unbelievable achievement. Um, do I think that Freiburg can keep up this play? I, I don't think so. I actually predict that they drop out of the Champions League and even the Europa League spots for next year. It hurts me to say it, of course, but they're just outperforming their XG uh, by wide margins right now. And, you know, you just got to think that they just can't keep this up. They have some talent in their squad. Vincenzo Grifo off the left has been excellent. Uh, Roland Schalai is coming off a good summer campaign with Hungary. Um, and he's been a little injured here and there, but he's still a great talent. Lucas Hurler is finally putting away goals. He's missed so many sitters in years past, but he's been pretty good. But um, you got to give props to him right now. Their goal at the start of the season every single year is to simply not get relegated. You can ask Strike or a bunch of their players right now if they're looking up the table towards Europe, and they will still say, we just hope to not get relegated. So they're very humble, um, down to earth. And that's what I love about the club. My underachiever of the season is going to be Mönchengladbach. And I said in a previous podcast that they were they were in the round of 16 Champions League knockout stages just a little while ago. Now they sit 14th in the Bundesliga table. That's 19 points through 17 games. They have a new trainer in charge with Adi Hutter. Um, I thought he was going to be the best coach out of the Bundesliga coaching carousel that was this past summer. He came from a Frankfurt side that should have qualified for the Champions League last year. He's got a high-flying offensive style, but I don't know what's been going on. He's It's been terrible. It's been absolutely awful uh, this season for Motion Gladbach, and they're a side that have so much attacking talent I really don't understand. And it's not like they're just barely losing games. I mean, they, they're getting killed 6 nothing to Freiburg at halftime, 4-1 in their their derby against Cologne. Uh, I mean, they beat Bayern in the Cup 5-0, and ever since then, they've been cursed. Um, they probably shouldn't have beat Bayern. That's their own fault. Um, but it's been awful. And actually, recently, in the last couple of days, Dennis Zachariah and Matthias Ginter have announced that they're leaving this summer. Both of their contracts expire um, after the season's over. I don't know what Moshe Gohabas is going to do. I guess they keep them for the second half of the season. I guess if they've already announced that they're going to leave in the summer, teams might not be willing to spend a, a pretty dime this winter window. So they're going to lose a bunch of money there. Those are 
possibly their two best players. So things keep getting worse for this side. I'm actually going to go with my overachiever this year is, is Hoffenheim. Uh, they sit fifth in the table. Sebastian Hernes has done an unbelievable job. He was previously the coach of Bayern Munich's second team, is the nephew of the president of Bayern Munich, and took over at the beginning of last season. Has really, really turned this side around. There were there was some chatter that he would get fired after last year's campaign. They were sort of mid-table. Hoffenheim are a club that like to at least have a shot at getting into the Europa League. Um, but the management stuck by him for another season, and it's paying off. They sit fifth in the table. They have a really, really good shout at possibly getting into those European places. The best signing uh, this past summer in the Bundesliga, I'm actually going to go with Taiwo Anwani. Um, he is Union Berlin's top striker at the moment. And he, this this guy has been through hell and back these last few years. He's done seven loan spells in the last six years. And finally, after the most recent loan to Union Berlin, they finally signed him for about seven or eight million euros from Liverpool. Um, it's really just the best signing to simply save his mental health. I mean, I don't know how anybody can go through that. But now he has nine goals in this campaign so far. And Union are a pretty good side in the top half of the table. Um, and so you just got a feel for the guy. And it's great to see him finally have a stable home at a pretty good Bundesliga club. I'm also going to add in Nico Schlotterbeck for for Freiburg. He's a young left-footed center back, which teams are licking their lips for nowadays. Um, I think he's 22 or something like that. Extremely young. He was on loan to Union Berlin. People thought that Freiburg were just going to sell him this past summer for something cheap, but they actually brought him back and they're keeping him for the rest of the season. And it's going to pay off in dividends. They'll probably sell him come this summer for about 30 million or so euros to either Bayern or Dortmund. He stated his desire to stay in the Bundesliga. So um, watch out for him because people want clubs want those left-footed center backs, and he's got many great years ahead. My worst signing of the summer is actually not a particular signing. It's just going to be the Munch and Gladbach in general. They clearly didn't do enough. The thing about Gladbach, though, is as I would have probably done the exact same thing as they did in the summer. I thought their team was filled with talent. It still is filled um, with a lot of great players and quality. But they signed Hannes Wolf and Luka Nets in the summer. Um, they didn't bring in any real other transfers. And clearly they didn't do enough. I don't think I would have changed that. But looking back on it now, especially with the addition of Adi Hutter, it's not working out. And it's looking pretty, pretty bad at the moment. The last thing I just want to touch on is actually the Bundesliga 2, second division. Uh, it's it's unbelievable this year. It's probably the best Bundesliga 2 season with the caliber of teams in it that we've had in quite some time. You've got Schalke down there. You've got Werder Bremen down there. Hanover, Hamburger are still trying to get out of the cellar and work their way back into the first division. Um, and then, of course, FC St. Pauli is currently leading the Bundesliga 2. Um, if they get promoted, that'll be an unbelievable achievement. They haven't been in the first division in some 10-odd years. It's a club that um, is crazy. They're extremely left, left-wing. They're not afraid of voicing their political beliefs. Um, and their rival, their derby partner, Hamburger SV, are on the complete opposite side. They're an extremely right-wing club. 
Um, and they both sit in the top three currently in the Bundesliga two standings. And so if both of those Hamburg sides do get promoted, it'll, it'll be nice to see that in the Bundesliga. Um, the uh, derby is is unbelievable. Some of the craziest fan bases in all of Europe. Um, and if those two sides get promoted and if Schalke and Werder Bremen end up staying down in the Bundesliga two for another year, that's just pure madness. Um, and I love it. So I just want to give a little shout out to them. But that is my review for the first half of the Bundesliga season. Um, so, yeah, as of a Liverpool fan, it's really good to see someone like him, um, Tyre Awoni, who I you never hardly saw play at Liverpool, but I knew of his name. I knew he was always out on loan. But, so it's always nice to see him you know, doing well somewhere else. Uh, but, yeah, Ryan, you had a point to make. No, I just wanted to you know, make a point of something to Jonathan, really, because... Obviously, mentioned about the underachieving teams this season because we've almost seen like a flip flop in 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 the Bundesliga because it's not just obviously Munching Gladbach who have had a, a abysmal season. You've got Leipzig who are obviously in tenth, uh, Wolfsburg who done really well last year there in thirteenth, even Hertz Berlin who obviously got quite a lot of money. They've spent quite big, and even they're only in eleventh. And you've got the teams like Freiburg, Hoffenheim. Union and Bill, and even you know FC Cologne or Cologne in eighth, uh, with Mines in ninth. You know it's it's really interesting to see the the almost change in just one season between so many of these clubs. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, the one thing I'm concerned about is is just those teams that are currently at the top. A lot of them are really outperforming their XG at the moment. I'm just really concerned that they lack the quality to, to stay there for the rest of the year. I do think Leipzig will, will turn things around. Um, they've got a new trainer in charge. Do I think he's the answer? He's sort of different from the usual guys that the Red Bull systems sort of go for. But I think overall they have enough talent to sort of get back into at least those European places. But, yeah, it's been a really interesting season so so far. Wolfsburg. Are, are a complete mess. I think they should fire Florian Kofeld, their coach, again, a second coaching change this season. They probably won't, as there aren't a lot of available coaches on the market, especially German-speaking coaches. Maybe Lucien Favre, who's still looking for a job, um, was fired from Dortmund a little while ago. But, yeah, it does feel like that flip-flop. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how the second half of the season turns out. I also want to get your boys doing this because obviously the last, you know, the last three of three out of four years we've seen Man City in the Premier League dominate, and obviously they had the the one year which we won it, the one year where they beat us by a point. But the way last season went and the way this season seems to have gone, especially after you know the game yesterday, Liverpool Leicester, um, considering Leicester led six goals against Man City, they let in then against us. Do you think that? the Premier League is slowly but surely turning into the Bundesliga. In terms of that one big juggernaut, it seems we just absolutely just seem to, they're showing no signs of slowing down. Every year they're getting better and better. Their depth is just unbelievable compared to the rest, with maybe Chelsea the same sort of thing. Do you see the Premier League, uh, sort of concerns that the Premier League may one day just turn into this league where it's year after year, Man City, Man City, Man City? No. Do you because... Not? because... We're witnessing the two best managers in the world at the moment at the at the top with Klopp Three, and Guardiola. Yeah, yeah, you could argue with 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 Tuchel for sure. But when Guardiola leaves Man City, that'll 
will be massive. And obviously the mm. same for when Klopp leaves Liverpool, because in my opinion, they are clear of everybody else at the top. I don't think anyone gets near them at the moment. And I think that will be a massive change for both of those clubs when they do decide to leave. And and the other teams aren't going to stop spending. Chelsea, United, Arsenal, even Spurs, they'll all keep spending. Even and now, obviously, Newcastle as well. You've got West Ham. They, these clubs are always... The money's there. It's, it's always going to improve. So I don't think we'll, we'll see that. I think we're just seeing a, a Man City team who just are playing unbelievable at the moment. But like I say, we've, it's not as if City have won the league for the last... 10 years either, although they've got the majority of those titles, we've seen Leicester win it, we've seen Liverpool win it, you know, Chelsea have been up there as well, so no, I, I don't think we'll see that happen. Until Liverpool feed Salah and Mane to City in the same way that the Bundesliga does to Bayern, oh. uh, the Premier League's club. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that would be... If I woke up tomorrow morning and heard saw that um, City had been accepted for X amount for <laughs> Salah and Mane, particularly Salah, um, or even Fabinho and Van Dijk, that would be probably the worst thing I could hear. <laughs> I can't wait till that Pep plays him at the left back. What? Um, what? Sadio Mane or Mo Salah? Either one. Might be a might be a Jolinton kind of transformation. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. He he's had a real good centre mid as well. It's, it's incredible what he's doing. Um, so let's welcome in Naeem. He's um, also he was missing for the start of the podcast, but welcome to the pod, Naeem. Hello. Is everyone all right? Yeah, we're all good, mate. We're all good. We're on. We're um. We were discussing going on our our best Christmas presents. Um, you got any any good ones to share? Um, nah, that's the usual. Uh, I've got some jumpers, vouchers, aftershave. You know the usual usual stuff that I'm just too lazy to buy myself. So I just wait till Christmas to um to get it. But yeah, nothing 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 too exciting to be fair. I think it's because like my birthday's so near it between. Like I don't really don't really get too too much, but. Yeah, it is what it is, really. But, um, yeah, I was happy with what I got anyway, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, me and you share the same problem. Only was it four days apart, our birthday. So it's yeah. yours on the third, mine on the seventh. Uh, we both have that thing of, you know, everyone's scared. No one can, you know, no one can go out and afford to. They're so skinned from Christmas and New Year's. No one can ever come out. So, yeah, I mean, you have the same problem, don't we? Yep. Oh, yeah. It's what it is, isn't it? <laughs> but you've come at perfect time, actually, Lime. Uh, it's now time for you to give us your half-season awards for La Liga. Right, yeah. So I'll start off with player of the season. Um, this one was pretty pretty easy, to be fair. Um, I, I was going to give it to Karim Benzema. Um, obviously, Real Madrid, they uh, sit top of the table at the moment, um, only conceding one goal. Benzema has actually got 15 goals in 18 games so far this season. Uh, last season, he got 23, so... He's way on course to probably breaking that record um, himself. But yeah, um, obviously ever since obviously Ronaldo's left left the league, um, yeah, he's his numbers have uh, been pretty good for for Real Madrid, and he's pretty much been their main, well, he's pretty much been their main striker for what's it last ten years. Um, so yeah, there's no mean feat, obviously being at Real Madrid the last ten years as a striker is pretty pretty decent. So yeah, I've, I've put him as my player of the season. Obviously they lost. They lost out on the league uh, by two points last season. So, obviously, this season they want to obviously win it again. And I think they're probably pretty much on course to uh, to, to, to do that. Um, obviously, Atletico, they've fallen off a cliff. Their their title defence has not been the greatest. Um, but also, I'll, I'll get on to them a little bit later on. But, 
yeah, Benzema's been the best player so far in the league uh, this season. And I'll go on to my youngster of the season. Um, that I want to go for is another Real Madrid player. Um, I've gone for Vinicius Jr. So, obviously, last season, um, I'll just go through his stats. So, he played 34 times in the league. Uh, was it 34? Sorry, 35 times in the league last season, and he only managed three goals. Um, it's a stark contrast to this season where he's he's, he's he's been like their main winger or slash striker with Benzema this season. So he's played he's 19 appearances so far this season, 10 goals. So this is by far his best uh, goal scoring um, season so far. He's he's obviously he's only still 21, so he can only only get better. Um, and yeah. He's he just yeah he just I don't know what Ancelotti has done but yeah he's he seemed to have been able to get more goals out of them this season which is something obviously he lacked lacked in um, obviously the previous seasons he's been out of Real Madrid and he won last month uh, player of the player of the month in La Liga so yeah I'll go for him as my young player of the season um, underachievers it's kind of split between the two um, but I'm gonna go for. I'll go for Barcelona. Um, Atletico Madrid, they were close behind because they obviously, they sit fifth at the moment. Um, they are 17 points behind Real Madrid at the moment. But Real Madrid have played a game game more. But Barcelona, um, obviously they started the season off with Ronald Koeman um, at the start. You know, he didn't get off to the best of starts and he eventually um, obviously got sacked by Barcelona. And they've obviously brought in Xavi, um, a young manager that's obviously inexperienced in the league but obviously you've got to, you've got to give him time to to obviously get get obviously his ideas across get the transfers in but um for going from last season where obviously they finished they finished third in third in the league um you thought obviously with the signings that they did bring in obviously they brought in they got obviously the pie on a three they got uh Guerrero, obviously who's since had to retire um due to obviously medical reasons uh, they brought in a few other players, um, but yeah, they haven't really clicked so far. And yeah, ju- judging by them, obviously they're in a rebuild at the moment. But I thought they would be doing a bit better than they are this season. And obviously they're currently well, they're just, just, just under twenty points um, behind Real Madrid at the moment. So I, I want to go for Barcelona, but obviously Atletico Madrid. They won the league last season. They they only lost four games last season, and so far this season they've lost five. The the transfers that they've brought in, they haven't done too well, and yeah, it's not it's not the greatest of title defenses because um, last season they you know won it behind closed doors. But I thought that they would be doing a bit better, and they just just about made it um, through to the next round of the Champions League on the last day, um, last group stage game against obviously Porto, where they won three one, but. Yeah, um, I thought they would have kicked on um, this season, but yeah, I think they'll still finish in the top four. But it's it's, it's probably going to be out of Real Madrid and Sevilla for for the league. So Barcelona are my underachievers, but obviously Atletico Madrid um, so far are the close second uh, for them. Uh, the best transfer is it's another Real Madrid player. Um, I'm gonna go for David Alaba, who came from Bayern Munich on a free. So obviously in the summer, uh, Real Madrid lost Sergio Ramos and Rafael Varane, their main centre-back pairing for the last couple of years. So uh, Alaba obviously came in on a free. He's obviously slotting at centre-back with Militao and 
yeah, they've they seem to obviously build up a good partnership and you know losing your two best centre backs, um, you thought they would struggle in that department, but they have conceded this uh, the second least amount of goals this season. That's obviously behind Sevilla at the moment, but um, yeah, I'll go for David Alaba because obviously he's coming on a free. Um, he's got the experience from the Bundesliga. Um, obviously playing for for a good while now. Um, so yeah, I think that was good business by Real Madrid um, to to obviously bring to bring him to bring him in on a free because obviously this summer they probably will uh, go for Mbappe who they'll get on a free. And obviously they might go for Haaland, but uh, we, we shall see there. Uh, worst transfer, um, I'm going to go for the the one that um, actually cost the most um, in La Liga this season. I'm going to go for Rodrigo de Paul. Obviously he came from Udinese in, in Syria. Obviously Ryan knows all about him. You know, he's he done, he done really well out there. But since obviously he come to Atletico Madrid, he hasn't really settled in too well. And, you know, obviously people are obviously criticising the transfer a little bit. But yeah, he he's not hit the ground running yet. But like I said, obviously Atletico Madrid haven't really been performing that well um, so far this season. So I'll give him a bit more time. But obviously, he was the most expensive trans- most expensive transfer, um, costing thirty five million euros. It doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, Sal Sal Niguez, he went on loan to Chelsea. He's not having a good time there either. He was obviously brought in to obviously to fill that position, but. Um, his performances haven't been that great. Um, team team of the season so far. Um, I was a bit bit um, a bit confused with this one. Um, I was going to go for Real Madrid, but um, with the, obviously with the talent that they have and the manager um, and the players, uh, they're obviously expected to obviously perform every season anyway. Um, obviously that's what their fans fans demand. But I'm going to go for a newly promoted team that came up last season, um, Rayo Vallecano. Uh, they obviously they sit fourth in the league currently so far this season. Um, obviously, them was uh, Mallorca and uh, Espanol. They both came, they all came up this season. Um, all three of them are doing all right. Um, obviously, Rayo Vallecano, they are they're doing the best out of them. But obviously, at the start of the season, they were probably thinking, you know, just stay up this season and push on. But yeah, they've. They've been doing. They've been doing well. They've only lost six times this season, but you know they're they're sitting above Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Sociedad, Valencia, and Villarreal, who you know they're they're usually um, further up there um, during this time of the season. But yeah, they started off. They've started off well so far this season. Um, if they can get um, Europa League or or the Conference League, that'll be good for their first season back. Their highest ever finish in La Liga was eighth in the league. So. You know, even if they do finish um, eight four above, that's, that's still good for your first season uh, back. Obviously, competing against obviously the powerhouses in in the Liga. So, I'm going to go for Rayo Vallecano as um, my team of the season so far. But obviously, Real Madrid they're close second. Um, obviously, in in the league. Um, right. So yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's it. I think um, yeah, that's my little award so far um, this in La Liga this season. Thank you very much, Naeem. Thank you. So that is the conclusion of our half-season awards. I will just run through a quick reminder of all the awards we've given out. So, firstly, was the Premier League. I went for Player of the Year as Mo Salah. Youngster of the season so far, Emile Smith-Rowe. Underachievers, Man United. Signing of the season, Aaron Ramsdale of Arsenal. Worst signing, Jack Grealish of Man City. And then team, also Man City. Then we headed to League 1, as Alex um, gave Mbappe his Player of the Year so far. 
Um, his young player of the year was Amizari. Uh, underachievers were AS Monaco. Uh, the signing of the season was Luan Perez of Marseille. The worst signing of the season was Myron Brado of. Um, and finally, the team of the season was Lentz, who can only sit in ninth place. In Serie A, Ryan went for Dusan Vlahovic as the player of the season from Fiorentina. The young player of the year went toward Tomas Perpigega of Torino. Underachievers went to Juventus, who currently sit in fifth. The signing of the season went to Hakan Chalanoglu into Milan. The worst signing of the season went to Weston McKenney of Juventus. And the team of the season he gave Fiorentina, who are currently the seventh place team. And then He's Germany. got to do German names next. <laughs> Hey, uh, I don't watch these leaks week after week. So forgive, forgive my pronunciation. Everyone's trying to let Andy go for it. Do you know what the thing is? I actually tried writing down like the names as they sound as well. So I, I am. Um... <laughs> I think I'm turning more and more to Paul Merson, aren't I, at the moment with my player pronunciations? Andy, come on! I want to hear. I want to hear a recap of the Bundesliga. Right. Okay. So the Bundesliga player year so far, Jonathan gave to Patrick Schick of Bayer Leverkusen. The young, the young player of the year went to um, Hoffenheim's Jorginho Hutter. Uh, the team of the season went to third place, SC Freiburg. The underachievers, Jonathan gave Much and Gladbach, who are currently 14th. The best signing went through um, Taiwo Owongi. Over, um, the overachievers went to Fiorentina, who are currently sit in fifth place. Not in the Bundesliga, uh, mate. Say that again, sorry. I don't think Fiorentina oh, playing sorry, Bundesliga. Sorry. And then also, yeah, worst signings went to the whole Much and Gladbach summer. And then finally, La Liga. The player of the season went to Real Madrid's Kareem Benzema. The young player of the year went to Real Madrid's Vinicius Junior. The underachievers saw Naim gave Barcelona the edge, who were in seventh place over fifth place Atletico Madrid. The team of the season he gave to Rayo Vallecano, who are currently fourth place despite being nearly promoted. The best signing... Nain gave the award to David Alaba of Real Madrid and the worst signing he gave to Atletico Madrid's Rodrigo de Paul. So that is the conclusion of our 2021 half-season awards. So thank you all for listening over the last six to eight months we've done this podcast now. So we want to say thank you to all our listeners for for listening and we hope you stay with us for 2022 and beyond. So I've been your host, Andy. This has been Ryan. This has been Alex. This has been Jonathan. This has been Naim. We will see you next time in the new year. So have a great New Year's Eve and we'll see you then. Take care. Happy holidays.